The content provided by this podcast, Health, Wellness, and Community, is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical or legal advice. The host and guest, including Dr. Moore, who is a certified nurse practitioner, provides insights based on their experiences and expertise in healthcare and community matters. However, the information shared in this podcast should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment and is not tailored to individual circumstances. Always consult with a qualified healthcare provider for personalized recommendations regarding your health. Additionally, the legal aspects discussed are not intended as a replacement for legal advice from qualified professionals. Any actions you take based on the information provided from this podcast are at your own risk. To read the full disclosure, please see the link below. Thank you for joining us on Health, Wellness, and Community. Now let's get to today's episode. What if I told you about a disease that contributes to more than 410,000 deaths in the United States each year, equating to 1,100 deaths each day, and that approximately 108 million American adults have this disease, but only 25% of them have it under control? What would you think about that? Crazy. Right? Well, this and more coming up. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Health, Wellness and Community Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Q, and today we are going to be talking about a disease that one in three Americans are predisposed to, and for the most part, this disease is preventable. As I said earlier, 410,000 deaths in the United States each year and 1,100 deaths each day and that 108 million American adults have the disease, and only 25% of them have it under control. So what is this disease? This disease is one that is very common, and every single one of us have heard of it. The disease is hypertension, high blood pressure. Hypertension costs the U.S. as much as $131 billion per year, averaged over a 12-year period. So in order to talk about hypertension, let's talk briefly on what blood pressure is. Being that we have all heard of hypertension and blood pressure, let's briefly talk about what blood pressure is, and then we'll go on over into the hypertension piece of this podcast. Blood pressure is the pressure that is exerted on the walls of your arteries. So now you're asking, okay, what are arteries? Arteries are the vessels that carry oxygen-rich blood and nutrients such as vitamins and minerals away from the heart to all the different body parts and tissues, which would include the lungs, the kidneys, the eyes, the genitalia, and that's just to name a few. So what is a normal blood pressure? What does it mean? Your blood pressure is a combination of two different readings, which are very important. When looking at blood pressure, you have a top number and you have a bottom number. The top number is called the systolic blood pressure, 
and the bottom number is called the diastolic blood pressure. Your systolic blood pressure is the pressure of the blood in the arteries when the heart pumps. Each time the heart pumps, you get a certain amount of pressure that is against the walls of the arteries, and that is your systolic blood pressure. It's the higher of the two blood pressure measurements. For example, if the blood pressure is 120 over 80, then the 120 is the systolic pressure. Okay? And the bottom number is your diastolic pressure. The diastolic pressure is the pressure of the blood in the arteries when the heart relaxes between contractions. So, It is the lower of the two blood pressure measurements. For example, again, if the blood pressure is 120 over 80, in this case, the 80 is the diastolic pressure. That is what both of those numbers tell us. These numbers are very important as they give us an idea of how controlled your blood pressure truly is. If your blood pressure is not under control, it places you at an increased risk of developing complications from high blood pressure. And we'll talk about some of those complications later on in the podcast. Now, let's talk about the blood pressure guidelines, hypertension guidelines. The hypertension guidelines are guidelines that were put forward by the American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association, along with nine other credible organizations. These guidelines are backed by extensive research on hypertension and are there for the prevention, detection, evaluation, and management of hypertension in adults. Now, as far as the information that I'm getting ready to talk to you about, the information that I'm using today, I got this information from the American Heart Association's website. If you would like to read more on this subject, please visit the American Heart Association's website at www.heart.org. Go to the Health Topics tab and click Hypertension. Again, if you would like to read more on this subject, please visit the American Heart Association's website at www.heart.org and go to the Health Topics tab and click hypertension. So when we talk about hypertension, the newest guidelines for hypertension were introduced in 2017. These guidelines really tightened up the way providers, being your doctor, your nurse practitioner, or your PA, they really tightened up how providers are to manage a patient's blood pressure. When we look at these guidelines, there are essentially five categories listed, and they are as follows. Your first would be normal blood pressure. When we talk about normal blood pressure, a person's blood pressure is going to be, the top number is going to be less than 120, and the bottom number is going to be less than 80. If you come into the office with a blood pressure reading of this, what we're going to be doing is we're going to recommend healthy lifestyle choices. And annual checks, because at this point, you do not have an issue. Now, one thing that I want to say before I continue is that you will see that healthy lifestyle choices play a very important role in controlling blood pressure and preventing it. 
So with that being said, we're going to go on to the, the second category of blood pressure. And the second category is called elevated blood pressure. In the elevated blood pressure category, your top number, your systolic blood pressure, is going to range between 120 and 129, and your bottom number is going to be less than 80. With this particular reading, elevated blood pressure, pretty much we're going to recommend healthy lifestyle changes or choices, and then we're going to reassess you in about three to six months to see if those choices have uh, affected your blood pressure in any way. Next, you have stage one high blood pressure. In stage one high blood pressure, your systolic, the top number, is going to range between 130 to 139. And your diastolic, the, the bottom number, is going to range between 80 and 89. If you come into the office and your blood pressure is ranging in the stage one high blood pressure range, What we're going to do, we're going to recommend a 10-year heart disease and stroke risk assessment. This takes very little time. You're going to answer a few questions, and essentially, we're going to calculate what your risk for developing uh, heart disease and stroke are. Now, when we look at this, if your risk is less than 10%, we're going to recommend lifestyle changes. And then we're going to reassess you in three to six months. However, if that risk is higher than 10%, we will recommend lifestyle changes, but we're also going to recommend a medication. Once we do this and you are considered to have stage one high blood pressure, we're also going to have you follow up monthly until your blood pressure is controlled. And when I say controlled, I'm talking about the less than 120 over less than 80. The next stage is stage two high blood pressure. In stage two high blood pressure, your systolic blood pressure is greater than or equal to 140. And your diastolic, the bottom number, is greater than or equal to 90. With this stage of high blood pressure, we would recommend lifestyle changes. And then we're going to recommend two different classes of high blood pressure medication with monthly follow-ups until your blood pressure is controlled. Lastly would be what we call a hypertensive crisis. This is considered an emergency. In a hypertensive crisis, your systolic blood pressure is going to be 180 or higher and your diastolic and or, let me correct that, and or your diastolic is going to be 120 or higher. This is a medical emergency, and you should consult your doctor, your nurse practitioner, or your PA immediately uh, to be evaluated. And if they are not available, you may want to consider going to the emergency room to be evaluated. When your blood pressure gets to these levels, you are looking at a medical emergency, potentially throwing you over into a heart attack or a stroke. So what is Hypertension. Well, hypertension is where the pressure of the blood pushing against the walls of the arteries is elevated. So what's the problem with that? Blood pressure on a regular basis fluctuates throughout the day. This is usually, you know, it's usually okay. It's not a problem. However, the problem comes in uh, where your blood pressure is elevated and it stays elevated for long periods of time which would equate to hypertension. 
This consistently high pressure in your vessels damages the blood vessels throughout the body. Now, you need to know that having hypertension greatly increases your risk for developing angina, which is chest pain, developing heart failure, having a heart attack and or stroke, which are the leading causes of death in the United States. It can also cause you to have kidney damage, damage to your eyes and potentially cause erectile dysfunction in males. Guys, I hope you're listening. Hypertension that is not controlled can potentially cause erectile dysfunction in males. Hypertension is a dangerous disease. And the reason that this disease is so dangerous is because many people may have it and not even be aware that they have it. As a matter of fact, many people don't even know that they have this disease until there is significant damage to their organs. That is why hypertension is called the silent killer. You can have it for years and not even know. So let's talk about risk factors of hypertension. When we talk about risk factors, there are a couple that you can do nothing about, such as age. The older you get, the less elastic your blood vessels are and your blood pressure could rise. The second one would be race. You can't do anything about that, um, especially if you're African-American, where hypertension tends to present earlier in life. Next, what I'm getting ready to talk about is the preventable piece. Most hypertension, approximately 90 percent, is caused by bad habits. And you can change these habits and potentially prevent it or manage it a lot better. So let's talk about those. Excessive consumption of foods high in sodium and low in potassium. Next, decreased physical activity. And along with the decreased physical activity, a lot of times comes the next one, which is obesity. And we know that America is the fattest country in the world. The fattest country in the world. Now, the next two risk factors have been shown to have the greatest effect on your blood pressure. So please listen up. Excessive alcohol consumption. When I say excessive alcohol consumption, that's defined by more than two drinks per day per week for men and more than one drink per day per week for women. And lastly, smoking. Folks, if you are smoking, try your best to discontinue this horrible habit because it really increases your chances for complications with not only hypertension, but with other diseases. Um, you can talk to your primary care provider about different methods of quitting, counseling, gum, the patch, or things like that, but you need to stop smoking. Pretty much, changing these habits could reduce your chances of developing this disease. Now, ways to decrease or prevent your chances of developing this disease include Pretty much making healthy choices, healthy choices such as eating a healthier diet, eating healthier meals to include fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds in your diet. And research has shown us that one diet in particular called the DASH diet can be as effective as lowering your blood pressure by 10 to 11 points. 
the Dash Diet. If you would like some information on the Dash Diet, send me an email at hwcquestions at gmail.com and I will send you out some information regarding the Dash Diet. Next, meal portion control. You know, instead of having that big old 12 ounce steak, you want to go with a steak size about the size of your palm, about a four ounce, four to six ounce uh, size of meat. Next, we have regular aerobic activity. When I say regular aerobic activity, the recommendations are 150 minutes per week. Now you say, oh, 150 minutes, that's a lot. Well, if you think it's a lot, for one setting, 150 minutes is a lot. But if you take that 150 minutes and break it down into five days a week, you would only have to do 30 minutes of aerobic activity per day to reach this goal. 30 minutes per day, five days a week, gets you the 150 minutes that are recommended to help with your your health and uh, help prevent hypertension. Now, I want to remind most of you, especially men, when you start exercising, if you have not exercised for a while, you don't want to go all in. You want to start slowly and work your way up because if you go all in, of course, you know, you could potentially increase your uh, chances of injury, not only increase your chances of injury, but you could also have a lot of soreness being that your body's not used to that exercise activity. And then the next time you go to actually exercise, your body's going to be saying, hey, I don't really want to do that right now. And it increases your chances for failure. Next, as we spoke about earlier, stop or decrease the excessive alcohol consumption. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you that uh, the best one would be to stop your alcohol consumption. And lastly, stop smoking. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Stop smoking. So now that we've talked about all of that, you might want to know how can you find out if you have hypertension? Whereas many of us tend to go to the doctor when we are sick, you need to take ownership of your own health care. It's imperative that you are your own advocate. Okay, the first thing that you can do is make sure that you have or will establish care with a primary care provider in your area. This will allow you to establish that trusting relationship with your health care provider, as well as allowing you to have access to receiving medical care on a regular basis. This way, your provider is able to follow your health over time and note any changes and take action if needed. Your provider will usually diagnose you with hypertension when you have two or more consecutive elevated blood pressures. Okay, so if you go into the provider two or three times and your blood pressure is elevated two or more consecutive times, they will most likely give you a diagnosis of hypertension and then start to chart your course for managing that disease. One thing I have to reiterate, please pay attention to the guidelines that I stated earlier uh, for the simple fact that it's unfortunate, but some healthcare providers are still following the old guidelines for blood pressure control. And the new guidelines, the research shows that the tighter 
the control of the blood pressure, the less likely the patient will experience complications from the disease. Again, if you would like to see the breakdown of the different stages of high blood pressure, it can be found on the American Heart Association's website at www.heart.org, health topics, and then click hypertension. Now let's talk very briefly about medication compliance. Some patients decide not to take medication for one reason or the other. If that is your choice, discuss this with your healthcare provider. Make sure that you express your concerns and just let your healthcare provider know where you're at in this stage right now and that you're not ready to start medication. However, I would recommend that if you fall within the guidelines of stage one hypertension or stage two, that you do strongly consider taking medication. Now, if you are placed on medication, take your medication as prescribed. Don't tell your provider that you're going to take the medication and then not do so. And the reason for that is this makes it difficult to manage your blood pressure and increases your chances of developing complications from uncontrolled hypertension. Also, when it comes to taking blood pressure medication, you can't hit and miss on this. You need to take it as prescribed. You can't take a pill today and then take another one in two or three days when you feel that you have a headache or something like that. You need to take it as it is prescribed because if you do something like this, it makes it harder for the prescriber to actually control your blood pressure and they may adjust your medications and then you wind up taking a higher dose and it may bottom your blood pressure out, which is causing another complication. Take them as prescribed, which leads to our next issue. Some choose not to take the medication because of side effects. If you are experiencing side effects from your blood pressure medication, let your doctor, nurse practitioner, or PA know prior to you discontinuing the medication because there are alternatives available that we can switch you to, which will help control your blood pressure. Currently, the five most common classes of blood pressure medications are your diuretics, which are called water pills. A lot of people like to say, I'm on a water pill. Your ACE inhibitors, which include medication like lisinopril. Your ARBs, which include COZAR. Calcium channel blockers, such as amlodipine or Norvast, they're the same medication. And beta blockers, such as metoprolol. Now, know that each of these medications work in a different way in the body. Sometimes we may have to prescribe anywhere from two to three of these different classes of medications to you in order to get your blood pressure under control. Now, if you're concerned about the number of pills you will be taking, some of these medications come as a combination in the form of one pill. One pill could have an ACE inhibitor and a calcium channel blocker combined in it. So that shouldn't be a major concern, but if it is, you can discuss it with your doctor. And if there is a a combination pill, he or she may be able to uh, prescribe it. And if these don't work for your blood pressure control, the top five categories, there are still other options that we have, but these are just the most common ones. So here's what you do. 
I want you to express your concerns with your provider. Know about your disease. Read up on high blood pressure. Read up about the complications. Read up about how to prevent it, how to manage it, how to stop this disease from causing problems for you. Ask for information about your disease. Be active in your health care. You can't just sit back and take what the healthcare provider says all the time. Now, I do want you to respect your provider's recommendations, but know your options. Know your options. An informed patient is a great patient to have. Okay. And again, the more tightly controlled your blood pressure is, the less likely you are to develop complications from elevated blood pressure. Remember, prevention is the best medicine. So I want to encourage you to get out, be active, start eating healthier, and consult with your health care provider to see what your risk factors are and what steps you can do to prevent this disease or manage it if you already have it. You need to take control of your health. Don't let your health take control of you. That's it for today's episode of Health, Wellness, and Community. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week when we talk about medical myths. In other words, a lot of things that we think are true medically, but actually are not. So if you like the information provided by this podcast, make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss another episode. And if you would like to be on our email list, the HWC crew, please send an email titled I'm all in to hwcquestions at gmail.com and we'll add you to the email list. And I look forward to talking to you next week. And remember, knowledge is power, but if you don't take action, that knowledge is useless. We're providing the foundational knowledge. You build on it and provide the action. So crew, it's time to take action and get to work. <laughs>